0: Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
1: You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's that time again, folks. Golic acrostic time for week eight. So this week's award-winning poetry, allow me. G is for the game that will get the most looks. O is for the battle between the top two rooks. L is for Russ Wilson's rallying scream. I is for the matchup between nyc's two teams c is for the qb that hopes his receiver's arms are wide open (laughs) i love that now it's time for all the Golics week eight takes to be spoken yes junior take it away baby Wow. Every Look forward
2: week, to
0: it every week. Every week. I, yeah. Every week, still only kind of understand acrostic. It's like when gaslighting started getting used yeah. a lot. It took me like two years to understand what that term oh, actually dear. meant. Acrostic has been a real battle, but yeah. every week, this fine poetry helps get me to the place I need to be to preview the NFL here. Look at God. Won't he do it, Dad? Uh, <laughs> let's get to this fine acrostic that this great staff has put together for us here and start with the game of the week dad I think there is a clear choice in terms of game of the week this week we've talked about it a little bit relative to good sex Sam Darnold making his way back into the NFL San Francisco at Cincinnati man uh, you've got the Bengals right now coming off a little bit of rest Joe Burrow's calf sounds like it's in the best place that it's possibly been and on the other side Brock Purdy has been the center of conversation for so much of this football season likely going to be out with the concussion that got reported in the middle of this week and so Sam Darnold their backup quarterback now takes the helm in an offense that we No, banged up and imperfect at this point, and a defense that Dad, I think, is going to be highly motivated coming off a game where they failed to sack Kirk Cousins. So, that to me looks like the game of the week, and I, I don't know. I lean 49ers in this one, Dad, mostly because of that defense. I still have concern. The Vikings offensive line have been good this season and no one had cared or noticed. The Bengals offensive line is still kind of putting it together with this current iteration of the group, and I worry about the 49ers going up against that front being able to bother Joe Burrow in a way that so far he's been able to avoid.
2: Yeah, and then I you know the Cincinnati defense has been up and down. I what, you know, wonder which which one will show up there, one that can get a lot of pressure on the quarterback or not. I think that's an uh, interesting part as well. My game of the week, I'm going to go Patriots and Dolphins, right? Which seems like I shouldn't, but I am. They, they matched up in week two <laughs> with the Dolphins winning 24-17. But New England coming off of a, of a, a big win, right? And over the Bills, and Miami losing that one. They got smoked by the Bills a few weeks ago. Then I ca- called the game where they lost to the Eagles, where only, their offense only scored 10 points. And for New England, the side of the ball that's a better side is the defense. So we've seen some defenses hold the two losses, hold that offense for Miami down. Can And I do think a Bill Belichick team can get better as the season goes on. It just seems a little interesting to me. It was a one-score game when they played in Week 2. I, I just have this feeling. You wonder, is is Miami, you know, where are they offensively? Will they get it back against New England? There's just something about Bill Belichick. We keep, we're at the point now where we're starting to write him off more and more. But you know, he always has that defense. He always does. So, I just wonder if they step up in this one to slow down that offense. You got Mac Jones, you know, feeling his oats like crazy right now. And can they, can they leave, live anything off of that? Listen, this could turn out to be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to.
0: And there's part of me that thinks New England could pull this one off. The thing that worries me is the part you said about Mac Jones, which is the offense looked pretty good last week against the banged up version of Buffalo's defense. Right. I worry about water finding its level there a little bit more because remember, that game for the Dolphins against the Eagles was tied in the second half. Like it was a lot closer than we're going to remember based on the finish of that game. And so. I'm more confident in that offense getting back on track. Tyreek Hill was back at practice on Thursday after being held out Wednesday because of that hip injury, which is huge. And I do think that defense is – Definitely a live dog. Their strength is definitely up front. But at the same time, that Dolphins offensive line was down three players. And again, the game was still tied against an Eagles front that is much more vicious, in my opinion, up front there. So I'd take the Dolphins in that game, actually. I would feel good about them getting back on top of things this week. And I think water kind of finds its level with that Patriot offense there. Dad, in San Francisco, Cincinnati, before we move on from that one, who would you pick in that game?
2: Uh, I would go, boy, oh boy. I mean... In San Fran, it's tough for me to not go San Francisco. I I think Cincinnati is eventually going to get back close to their level, but I I see San Fran winning
0: this one. Cincinnati 500 right now. It would be three straight for San Francisco. And again, sometimes it's just you got to look at the NFL and go what's the most chaotic thing that could happen? Sam Darnold superstar game. That's the most chaotic thing that could happen here. That is what I'm going to well, ride Well, I with. mean, Purdy is, is practicing,
2: so Sam may never get on the field because Purdy was practicing, uh, so we'll see. You know see. what?
0: We, yeah. will, we will see on yeah. this one. I am <laughs> going to continue to hope that we get our chance to see Sammy Dimes go out there and do his thing. But if Brock Purdy's back, all the more reason to potentially check that out here. Dad, let's get to the O here. Overall number one versus overall number two. Between CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. And it's been two very different years for these guys right now. Uh, Two guys that are also very familiar with each other first met as competitors on the football field in eighth grade at that point. The CJ or the Bryce Young led Inland Empire Ducks defeated C.J. Stroud's Pomona Steelers in an all-star exhibition there amongst eighth graders. So these guys' careers have been intertwined for a long time considering where they both grew up. But, Dan, in this one, unfortunately on the field, it doesn't feel like it's going to be all that close. The Texans have been one of the great stories of the early season, and the Bryce Young-led Carolina Panthers still 0-4, struggling to find their footing right now. Not enough weapons to get it done.
2: Well, no, they don't. I mean, when in doubt, know that you know Bryce Young is looking for Adam Thielen. Right, he has 59 targets. The next closest is 29 uh, in that one, so that's where he's going. CJ Stroud has the better team. CJ Stroud, by the way, said about that eighth grade game. He said that Bryce Young and them just killed them, just smoked their team yeah. in eighth grade. That's that's just hilarious.
0: The Empire,
2: but yeah, uh, uh, Texans just I think have too much here. CJ Stroud playing incredibly well, so I, I see. Unfortunately, the winless uh, continue the win winless games and winless season
0: continuing for Carolina. I think an interesting subplot in this game, Dad, and you would be the one that's able to speak to this here. In practice, when you're teammates, we know in practice the quarterback wears the red jersey. So if you're a defensive player on your team, you can't touch them. They're off limits. You get yelled at if you're even inside the cylinder. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing. Will Anderson, Jr., walking into the party, playing defense for the Houston Texans now, going up against his old Alabama quarterback and Bryce Young here. You wonder if there's a little part of him that over the years, maybe there was some bleep talk in practice, maybe there's some stuff that went on in the field down in Tuscaloosa, where he might be looking to unload on at least one of these hits here and finally get to sack his old quarterback.
2: Well, it's what happens all the time in these type of things. You get a you get the, the red jersey quarterback in practice, a defender that gets close to him and says, I got you, the quarterback saying, no, you didn't. Well, now they can leave no doubt, right? <laughs> now, some Someone's gonna get God, or the other guy's gonna get God. It's 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 pretty pretty plain and simple right now. So yeah, I think Will will enjoy actually being able to take Bryce Young to the turf now, and not just have to run by him or tag him or stay away from him. You know, God forbid you touch someone in a red jersey.
0: I was gonna say, I'm I'm sure you love the guy. He did a lot for your team. Oh, absolutely. Alabama offense. Now you can hit him. Yeah, that still doesn't mean that every once in a while the competitor and you didn't want to hit him. Just to let you know, hey. All the talk was on you. I do this thing over here. So we'll wait and see that one. But, yeah, unfortunately, uh, my predictions for Bryce Young before the season seem to have gone up in smoke. I Mm -hmm. should have just slotted that one over to C.J. Stroud, seen the writing on the wall for the Good Vibes Texans, uh, who have been, again, one of the most fun stories so far this season. I'll just continue to say I
2: said I would have taken C.J. Stroud first in in my quarterback draft.
0: So. I actually don't know how much better CJ Stroud would be faring in Carolina right now if you I flip either. the two of You're them, right. how much I different the situation would be. But yep. that's uh you get to do that because yep. you said the take. Uh let's get to L. Let's ride Broncos no. Country. Okay. <laughs> So you're not even gonna let me finish the question of if the Denver Broncos could potentially upset the Kansas City Chiefs, who they only lost you nineteen to eight in their well. first meeting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Denver
2: defense did play well, but Kansas City, we talk about beginning of the year to where you are around halfway through, Kansas City's a better team, right? Kansas City's playing better. Still maybe looking for, it, and it'll be interesting if they go to the trade deadline, which is Tuesday, if they were to maybe pick up another wide receiver, i.e. maybe a Jerry Judy from the Denver Broncos. If he's on the market, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I think Kansas City's playing better now. And sorry, just just not going this way at all. Not, no, no chance. If
0: you guys think, the Chiefs, who are seven-point favorites in this game on the road, if you guys think that Travis Kelsey is going to lose a football game On the weekend of the 1989 Taylor's version re-release... You got another thing coming. Boyfriend of the year isn't about to give up the goods right now and let his lady down on her big weekend. I have no idea if he stayed up till midnight Eastern last night to take in the album. Part of me thinks that he's surely heard it live before that one, probably sitting around. She's probably played him tracks. And I'm sure based on everything else we've seen, high marks all across the board for what he's done, he probably popped it in and listened along, And I don't know if he was familiar with the album before or just pretended to like all the songs or what, but I'm sure he did his job in this and got plenty of rest So he can go out there yet again and ball out if she is going to be there. And that'll be the big question on everyone's mind coming off. Taylor's version is, is Taylor going to make the trip to Denver to watch this game? I don't know how that's going to work out. My sister's been basically keeping track of this, like a college football message board poster, keeping track of the tail numbers of private jets during a coaching search. But I feel pretty good about this for the chiefs for that reason.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I, I'm not going to go the Taylor Swift uh, route uh, like you are though. I hope she goes to every game, and I hope they show her in every game. So just to tick off the NFL people more and more who get ticked off about it because it's a ridiculous thing to get ticked off about, Kansas City's going to win this game. I don't really need to dive into it. But I will, like you said before, Denver defense did play extremely well in that first game.
0: Somebody (laughs) over at ESPN Stats and Info, by the way, cooked this week this is why you empower your employees to dive into their strengths because someone at stats and info is a swifty and they put together in honor of taylor swift's 1989 taylor's version released on friday and the fact that taylor swift and travis kelsey were both born in 1989 as what's up as was i what's up besties The album is their only album with three number one songs, and so ESPN Stats and Info broke out three stats to correspond with those songs. Bad Blood. The Chiefs and Broncos have played 126 times in their team's history. Kansas City has won the last 16, that's tied for the third longest win streak, versus a single opponent in NFL history, and if they win on Sunday, they'll tie the second streak. Wildest dreams. The Chiefs allow 15 points per game this season, that's second in the NFL. What's up Spags? They've held all seven of their opponents to 21 points or fewer. In 2018, the first season Mahomes took over for the Chiefs, they were 24th in points per game allowed. Spags got hired in 2019. Let that man cook. Blank space in the week six win against Denver. Mahomes saw zone coverage 61% of the time. Mahomes likely to find the blank space, boasting the highest QBR against zone coverage by any NFL quarterback this season and his favorite target. Anybody? Travis Kelsey, 35 receptions against zone this season. And shake it off, Dad. The Kansas City receivers have the most yards after catch this season, thanks in no small part to their ability to shake off tackles. The Chiefs, the fifth most yards after contact this NFL season, while the Broncos allow the fourth most yards after contact. The dominoes cast Dad. The stars are in a line. The mastermind is at work here. Bravo to whoever put that masterpiece together. I'm in awe. Uh, congratulations.
2: i i i i i don't know what else you want me to say
0: i mean i gave you great stats
2: i gave you the football stuff there i mixed it in i I already picked kansas city those are great stats associated (laughs) with taylor swift songs i mean very very cool again again i'm all for this romantic relationship i'm all for her being at games and showing her i just i just can't do the deep dive into the songs and the albums like you can
0: Well, then let's get to I, Dad. Welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. New York versus New York this weekend. Wow, The Jets and the Giants uh, Mm -hmm. making it happen here. Dad, this game to me, I just don't know how the Giants are going to be able to pull this one off. I understand people might be feeling a little bit better about things after last week, but this Jets D-line against this current iteration of the Giants O-line does not seem like a winning proposition. The Jets are two and a half point. "Quote unquote" road favorites in this game, but uh, I, I just think outside of and, and you know Tyrod Taylor's been moonlighting in there at quarterback while the injury to Daniel Jones' neck has been going on. Quarterback, no matter who would be under center for the Giants, is probably the only position on the field I think where the Giants would have a position advantage over the Jets. Am I missing something?
2: No, no, I, I think you're right. Though I will say, in the last two games, the Giants' defense has played pretty well. In a win over Washington, they only gave up seven. And in a loss to Buffalo, they only gave up fourteen to Buffalo. Uh their offense just couldn't score any points. So the defense playing a little bit better and the giant and certainly the Jets weaker part of the ball is the offense. So that could put keep them in the game. But to your point, I agree. That Jets defense, especially that D-line against yeah. the offense, even if Andrew Thomas comes back in this game, and boy, do they desperately need him uh to be back without question. Uh so the guy that came off the couch, Justin Pugh, isn't out at left tackle. Just and listen, I know he's he's played for a while and such, but he's he's been struggling, no doubt about it. Interesting thing to me out of this, Mike, again, the trade deadline is Tuesday. The Dalvin Cook acquisition has not worked out. You wonder if Dalvin Cook could end up somewhere on a contender who would like kind of another back. You know, we thought it would be more of a, he said they'd be the one-two best, one-two punch in the league, he and Brees Hall. Brees Hall has come back incredibly well from the ACL. We thought it would take a little more time and they would be splitting reps more. They haven't. The Brees Hall has looked fantastic like he was last year when he would have won Offensive Rookie of the Year and then he got hurt and his teammate Garrett Wilson won it. So you wonder if Dalvin Cook, because the trade deadline has become a little more interesting in the NFL in the last couple of years, if Dalvin Cook from the Jets is a guy that might be
0: on the move. I mean, both of these running backs, I mean, Saquon Barkley is someone who I'm sure if you're an opposing team could be eyeing. I think I saw someone yesterday wisp about the possibility of the Bills potentially throwing their hat into the ring for Saquon Barkley, which we mentioned in the offseason. Two or a team like the Baltimore Ravens, who we talked about with Derrick Henry the other day too. Emerson threw that out into the universe. There's going to be a lot of that coming up. I know Dalvin Cook's uh, representatives, I think, have talked to the organization about trying to look for a trade partner, too, because of how that shook out. So it is going to be fascinating to see, but that does speak to the kind of production the Jets have been getting. And by the way, local New York radio people, leave Zach Wilson alone. Guy went home on the bye week to hang out with his family a little bit, and people started freaking out here. Just ridiculous.
2: Oh, dude, listen. When I was in Philly, and and I've said this before, you know, I'd be out in the grocery store Wednesday or Thursday after a loss. People look at me like, what the hell are you doing out? Why aren't you watching film and want to commiserate over the game? And I'm like, listen, buddy, you know, you get to go Sunday to Sunday. You know, I got to put that game aside and start preparing for the next one. And, oh, by the way, I don't prepare 24-7. I have a life as well. So I'm with you. You get the hell off of Zach Wilson for going home uh, on a bye week. That's your time to do with what you need and how you choose to handle it. So that's just so Bush League to me. That, well,
0: and now you, I'm you guys just didn't even have
1: iPads. Like yeah. he's got an iPad he could take yeah, with him. He's exactly. got all the things
0: that he would have at the facility there that he could work on there. Leave him uh, alone.
1: I'm just picturing senior now, like, yell at some poor fan <laughs> on the cereal aisle, like, listen here, buddy. I don't uh, it, It's amazing. And, and, and that's
2: the thing because we always say, you know, in this Twitter world of today, oh that person that hit send would never say that to the person's face. Except in Philly. They do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I just going to say, they, that's they the most go. Philly thing on earth. Hey, you're well, trying to go pick out Frosted Flakes yeah. for me and Jake, and they're like, what are you doing here? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Why aren't you watching film? Would
2: you believe that loss last week? And you're like, damn, okay.
0: <laughs> you're like in the battery aisle, and you see their hands starting to twitch yeah, a little yeah. bit, starting to get real nervous. <laughs> uh, I'll so do true. it. I'll do it. I swear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right let's finish off the acrostic quickly we only got a couple minutes left here Kirk cousins and company potentially back in the playoff picture question mark dad i'm very interested in this game the Vikings are coming off of their biggest win of the season against san francisco and on the other side man the packers couldn't be limping into this any yeah. harder yep. you lose to the broncos And yet the Vikings are only a a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road. They don't have a rushing touchdown.
1: They don't have a rushing touchdown this
0: season. I get it, man, but you just beat the 49ers without it. Like If you can beat that defense without it, you're good enough to party. And the fact that they're still only giving one-and-a-half, I get it's on the road. I get it's a division game. Something stinks about this, Dad. I feel like somebody knows something here. I'd probably take the under just because that's been the flavor of ice cream for these teams most of the season. But other than that, I ain't touching this.
2: I'm telling you, I mean, you because you just immediately want to say Minnesota in this one, but there's a reason. There's big buildings, you know, in Vegas. I mean, they <laughs> they, they they know they know uh, they they know how to pick the lines. That's for sure. But I like Minnesota in this one. It really brought up the question because from the beginning of the season, Kirk Cousins' his name has been bantered about as, hey, he's he's gone at the end of the year. You're not going to franchise tag him. You're probably not going to sign him to a new deal. So you're just going to let him go for nothing, or you or you're going to trade him before the trade deadline. But they're two out from Detroit. They're better than Green Bay right now. This is a win they should have on the road, even though it's a division game on the road. And you still play Detroit twice. So all of a sudden we start to say, oh, can Minnesota make this regular season run and look good in the regular season like they've done in the past before they lose in the playoffs, if they can even get there?
0: Last week was an incredible moment for kevin o'connell at the beginning of this team building for him in year two in minnesota this game is going to be the much more telling result of who this vikings team is in 2023 and what they're actually capable of back after this let's go jones all right guys let's talk about jagermeister And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjagermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister Liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York.
1: All right, so check this out, folks. If we're nominating candidates for Ravens' surprise player of the season, safety Geno Stone is a stone cold lock for the recognition here a sixth round draft pick who was released by the Ravens three years ago now leads the NFL with four interceptions how does that happen go Joe and pops found out about that earlier this week all right, very excited to
0: welcome in our next guest. In a dear in a year that has felt like a defensive renaissance across the NFL, leading the charge has been the Baltimore Ravens. And Geno Stone, their great safety, former Iowa Hawkeye, kind enough to join us now. Geno, what's going on, man? How you doing? So, how you doing? Doing well, doing well, man. We appreciate the time. And and I wanted to start there because across the league, we've seen people talking, offensive stats in almost every major category have been down relative to like the last five years. It's been such a spread out offensive league. The rules have catered to offensive players for so much recently. Why do you feel like
3: defenses,
0: like you guys, are having so much more success this season, and really the stars of the show right now?
3: Probably just you know just trying to get with our our you know assignments is everything we got to do. You know it's a pass heavy league now, so more opportunities get your get your hands on the ball. Uh, things like that, get takeaways. So I feel like everyone's getting takeaways from everyone trying to be more aggressive on the offensive side of the ball. You'd be more explosive because, you know, they want to put more, more points. So uh, defense is get more opportunities to get takeaways.
2: Second-ranked defense statistically in the NFL right now. And speaking of takeaways, you have four interceptions that leads the NFL. What's interesting is your everybody has the team goal of wanting to win a division, you know, get the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl, but they have – you know, individual uh, uh, goals as well, and yours was three interceptions, and we're not even halfway through the season, and you've passed that, so I guess it's time to reset your own expectations?
3: Yeah, a little bit. You know, uh, at the same time, I, I, want, I want to get more, obviously, but, um, you know, people probably probably think, why, why would I say three? Not Me not even being a starter, you know, I just had to try to put big expect- uh, expectations for myself. You know, I was trying to, you know, be better than I was last year. I didn't get any last year, so... Um, You know, just trying to put goals out there that I could could reach. You know, and I thank my D-line a lot because, you know, my D-line is doing a hell of a job getting to the quarterback. So, um, them tips and overthrows are helping me a lot. (laughs)
0: It's been a, a real collective effort from your guys' defense there. But you mentioned last year no interceptions for you, and your role has grown. You were drafted here originally, then released, then you end up in Houston for a little bit and back here now. How have you gone about trying to carve out your niche and your role in this defense the last couple years?
3: Yeah, the only thing, I, I mean, I learned throughout this league is control what you can control, you know, this is a business. So at the end of the day, uh, you gotta control what you control. I had a great leaders in front of me a guy a guy like Anthony Levine is his special teammates, you know, through Baltimore for many years. Uh, you know, I learned from him a lot. And we had similar situations coming to the league, you know, he was a tryout guy and, and made his way throughout the league, played 12, 12 years in the league. So um, leaning on guys like that, him, Chuck Clark, you know, another guy that was a late round pick here, uh, made a way for himself to become a starter. So uh, learning from them guys every day, you know, helped me a lot to find my way in this league.
2: Yeah. And how was that coming, coming into the league, you know, seventh round guy. So when you first got into the league, you know, and you know, there are top picks that are going to get to play right away. And what your thought process was, as you know, you're looking at lines at your position and figuring out, you know, everybody has that in their head. I got to, you know, there's only only so many guys that are going to be there. Talk about your when you first got to camp.
3: Yeah, well, I you mean, know, when I first got to camp, the, the main, the first thing said was, don't count numbers. You know, you don't want to do that. <laughs> once, once you start counting, that means you, you might not make it. So that's that's one thing I try not to do, not to count the numbers uh, and figure out who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. You know, just go out there, and do what you can do, control what you control you know, at the end of the day, everything's going to fall, fall in place how it is. But the biggest surprise to me was uh, the first game day, you know, only so many people dressed for the games. And I, I made it, I made the roster. And I remember walking in there and they're like, you're not active. I'm like, I'm not active. Like I'm on this, I'm, I'm on the 53 minute roster. So that was like, you know, that was probably the biggest adjustment for me is not being active, you know, not being able to play in the games and things like that, you know, coming off like being a starter in college. So uh, being able to adapt was a big thing for me. But, you know, I had a, great people that were mentoring me. So I, I had a lot of success uh, throughout that.
2: You know, just so you know, you know, I was a 10th round pick back when there were 12 <laughs> yeah. rounds. Mike was undrafted. You were 7th round. Everybody counts numbers. Yeah. So yeah. You can figure that all you want. <laughs> but in your head, you know, you're still kind of saying, okay, only a certain amount are going to be here. You know, how do I be one of those guys?
3: Yeah. It is. Yeah, uh, I just...
0: It's amazing counting the numbers, too, like you said, going from those crowded college sidelines where even in away games, there's like 77 guys down there, and now all of a sudden you've got all this space in the NFL sideline here. One of the other guys that's been interesting, because you mentioned your D-line playing well, you guys are the NFL leader in sacks, and you've got 12 different guys that have recorded at least one sack so far this season. So a lot of people talking about Mike McDonald, your guy's defensive coordinator, what stands out about him to you? What's the difference that you've seen in a Mike McDonald-coordinated defense so far?
3: I just feel like he's putting everyone in great positions to go make plays and be themselves. You know, I mean, I feel like he puts a great rush plan together each week. You know, him and uh, all the, uh, you know, Coach Weave and, Coach Chuck and all them guys, and then you know our back end, Coach Nard, Coach uh, Chris. You know I feel like we put a great plan to make sure our Russian coverage worked together. So I feel like that's that's the main thing we're doing well so well together right now. And I feel like we got we got a lot more to prove on, and I feel like uh, we got we got strides we could hit soon.
0: So I'm not saying to be greedy or anything. You're the team leader in interceptions, the NFL leader. You're doing a lot of great things there. But I did notice in looking at the 12 players that have notched sacks, there are three defensive backs on that list. Are you going to Mike at some point during the week? <laughs> and, like, you know I got the blitz in me, too. I got some of that dog in me.
3: Hey, I mean, I, I, mean we, I had a few, but I haven't got them. So it's all right, though. I'll, I'll – just do what I got to do, save my coverage. If the interception keep coming to me, they'll come. But, you know, if the opportunities come to me to get a stack, you know, I'll be grateful for it. <laughs> it,
2: it. You know, it seems obvious how rush can help uh, pass coverage and coverage can help rush. But take people down there on the field a little bit and, and get into, you know, when it, it's a good rush. Does it, how it, does it make you want to take more chances at times? Or what's your mindset off of a good pass rush?
3: No, just a good pass rush. You know, the play kind of breaks down. You know, play me playing DB, once I see, um, you know, we kind of cover all the routes and the, and, and the rushers are getting there, you know, the quarterback starts to scramble. That's where most of the plays where a DB can happen because, you know, at, I mean, you want to start plastering because receivers start running different routes, they start running around, and the quarterback might throw uh, one way, and I see a defender coming another way. But, but most of my picks I feel like this year are all like, you know, the rush getting there and him, him trying to throw the ball up or me playing the post and just reading out of it and just going to get the ball in the air. So uh, once you have a good rush, you know, the quarterback has to put a little bit of air on the ball and you're able to get more plays like that.
2: What do you see out of this uh,
3: Arizona Cardinal offense for this weekend? Yeah, I just feel like, I mean, I see a team that, I mean, they got they got, they got got the talent for sure. You know, they got Rondell Moore. That's a really good guy. He plays playing backfield and outside. You know, got Hollywood. That's a guy that, I, that was my teammate. You know, he got, he's a guy that's going to take the top off the defenses. Um, you know, Josh Dobbs is the guy, if you let him get going, he can make really good plays. So uh, at the end of the day, he's got to make sure we go out there, do our jobs and, and, and try not to let him hang in the game.
0: Mentioning receivers that you've gone up against here in practice, Zay Flowers, a rookie coming in and doing what he's done. How were you guys surprised by how quickly the game has come to him? What was it like seeing him in camp and in the offseason?
3: Yeah, no. The only thing I feel like we're surprised at how quick he actually is. You know, <laughs> he's a guy that's uh, you know he's fast, but at the same time he's he's so much quicker than fast. It, uh, the guys, he's definitely a difference maker out there. Uh, he, he had a lot of growth since the preseason. preseason in camp. You know, OTAs. Um, I feel like he's he's right where he wants to be. He had he a lot of more room to grow. And being a rookie, uh, I feel like he got good vets in the room that's gonna push him. So uh, I feel like Zay's doing a great job right now.
0: All right. Last one before we let you go. We appreciate the time today, Gino. I know you're an Iowa guy, so I have to ask. You're at a place right now in Baltimore where one of the stars on the team is the kicker. What's it like going to a college where, especially in state, the punter is like the most popular guy on your team?
3: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. You know, I wasn't there. I have. I wasn't there with I kind of left right before I got there, but you know, I feel like <laughs> uh, he's turned into a really sweet su- turned to a superstar there, you know, if like we depend on him a lot, you know, at Iowa, uh, you know, depending on what happens, but uh, you know our defense does a great job, and we st- get stops. You know, and then I mean we're able to put him out there cri- whatever cri- critical situation is. Put him at the fifty, whatever. You know the offense ain't got to go for it or take a bad field goal they don't want to take. You know he's able to pin them down there the five yard line. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for a guy. We had a player like that. You know, just put him in the five yard line for Iowa and go get some safety, so we, We've been doing that.
2: <laughs> hey, that's what you do. At, that's what you do as a former player. There is you find the positive somewhere, right? But when yeah. when you Especially as a defensive the, player. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. punter and defense go together oh, a little more than people he, would realize hand in hand but you'd certainly rather be talking about the offense a little more i would imagine
3: right yeah i mean if we win a game two to nothing i'm good with that at least yep. we win. Win. <laughs> exactly right that is some hawkeye
0: pride right there spoken, <laughs> spoken like a true hawkeye turned raven defender there that's a lot of pedigree on that side of the ball Gino, fun catching up with you man congrats on all the success and best of luck the rest of this season thank you guys for having me Boston fans would feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code gojo. That's code gojo for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: All right, so when Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud was asked about Michigan's sign-stealing scandal during a press conference yesterday, he, the former Ohio State quarterback, almost opted to stay away, not talk about it, not answer the hard-hitting questions. Eventually, though, he said his college team had an idea something wasn't right.
3: Like, I'm, I'm not the type of person to go back and be like, oh, they did that. They, like, like, they beat us. It is what it is. Um, I'm not super happy with that, but, like, man, I'm, I'm in the NFL now. Like, I'm not worried about what, I, what happened in college. Um, but we had idea on maybe if that stuff was going on, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I'm not here to go back and forth with that. Um, I'm a Texan now, and uh, it is what it is. I'm not tripping off that.
1: All right, yeah, so he's basically like, I'm not the type of person to reflect on past situations, but oh, wait a yeah. minute, while we have a second. Yeah, yeah. I heard, you know, the kind of
0: you know, grinding my feet on Eddie Murphy's couch. I got a little more sense than that. Yeah, I remember grinding my feet on Eddie Murphy's couch here. Yeah, we knew they were stealing signs here. It, Dad, he's not the only one, by the way, that made that admission yesterday. There were reports, apparently, uh, I think this is Ross Dellinger over at Yahoo, said that reportedly TCU coaches heading into their semifinal matchup at the CFP last year had reportedly gained some information about Michigan sign-stealing and said that going into that game, they mixed in new play call signals with old ones. They had dummy ones set up there. And it was a good point I saw made yesterday, Dad, about that particular juncture and Part of people always asking, I was talking with Lebetard over on this uh, their show the other day, about what the advantage that can be gained in, because we've said, well, just change your science. In right. college, you don't have a lot of time with your team, and you're dealing with college kids who are not yet professionals who can dedicate the whole allotment of their time to this. So that's a little bit more of a daunting task, but going into the playoffs... You got 15 bowl practices. You got plenty of time to window dress this however you want and prepare accordingly. Going into the national title, we had 40 days, and we window dressed the hell out of stuff. We had all these different wrinkles, none of which worked, but the point is you've got time to right. put them in and implement them the way that TCU reportedly did here being able to work around this right now, but yet another day that ends in Y where we're getting new information about teams that apparently knew that this was happening and were able to do something about
2: so it. So again, we always ask, what can happen as especially this year, if anything. So here you go. Once the NCAA investigation ends and a notice of allegations is sent, Michigan would have 90 days to respond according to the NCAA bylaws. That would mean if the investigation ended this week, which there is no shot that happens, Michigan would not be required to even respond until well after the college football playoffs. So nothing is happening from the NCAA. Now, the Big Ten... Can jump in and do some things during the year, but again, I have not seen whether they can do more than a fine or a suspension. I don't think they can do anything about postseason play, uh, but again, I'm not positive about that. So, um, I would imagine, and, and I get what you're saying. The and I'm using air quotes. Twenty hours the players are supposed to be allowed to only do things, but we know players do more than that. Uh, I would imagine Ohio State would change up their signs before the Michigan-Ohio State game. And, I mean, let's just be done with this and put the receivers in the helmets of the quarterback and the defensive captain, or ever calling the defensive plays. I mean, it's a joke. It's a a flat-out joke that that hasn't happened at this point.
0: It, It hasn't, and you're right. It is the easiest solution to all of this, but... We'll wait and see. College football, as you talked about, the wheels of change turn slowly in a lot of ways for everyone. You'd imagine if there was going to be anything that finally pushed that legislation over the goal line, it would be this. I thought a couple of interesting points got brought up yesterday. Matt Brown, who does a phenomenal job covering the business of college football, the Extra Points newsletter, if you're not subscribed and you're into these things, is absolutely something you need to be a part of. And he pointed out, Dad, I think two things that are critical in this. One, according to him, sources or people who originally wondered maybe if they There was some gambling-related issues in all of this. He's been told by sources he trusts that that is not the case Mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons. But also brought up, this all originally came out because... The Washington Post reported a third-party law firm slash risk management company had been investigating Michigan's operation for a while. We don't know who ordered that investigation. We don't know what the source of that is. Who's the man behind the curtain in everything here? So we'll wait to see what happens there. Like you said, what happens this year I think is going to largely come down to what does the Big Ten want to do and what do they think is possible in this? And with a new commissioner in the Big Ten, boy oh boy, welcome to the job, brother. Here's your first assignment. The team that looks like your hope for the playoff this season and the best team in your conference, embroiled in this scandal. And oh, by the way, because Michigan can't go a day without being insanely weird online. Now we've gotten word that the FBI is apparently working with Michigan campus police on the investigation going back into former Michigan co-offensive coordinator Matt Weiss, who was fired because of allegations of computer access crimes on campus now. So you've got the FBI poking around on campus for an issue that is reportedly totally unrelated from this one. We'll see if that's true. Dad, they have not had one normal day this week. No. I'm fascinated to watch Michigan play football this
2: week. And, and you know, you know, you feel for the most is, is the players, right? They, they're not involved in any of this. And yet they keep being in the news for all the wrong reasons. So it's just about them trying to stay as focused as they can and taking
0: care of business on the field and what helps. By the way, for them. they're off by the way, they're off this weekend on a bye. So mercifully yeah, they actually they can, won't they have chill. to go out there and be in front of anyone. I, Although that might be some bit of normalcy there. Like you gotta sit around yeah. and just watch all this happen while you're on a bye trying to enjoy some off time to your point. That's tough for the players. You talked about getting harassed at the grocery well, store in Philadelphia when you were with the Eagles. You've got these Michigan players walking around campus, the subject of the biggest story in college sports right now, just trying to enjoy their time outside yeah. of class while they don't have to go practice.
2: Yeah, and, and knowing full well, I mean, it's not none of their faults at all. No. Uh, yet yet fingers will get pointed at, at them as they're part of it. I, I'm amazed at this. According to the NCAA's most recent annual infractions report, The enforcement staff spends an average of 10 to 12 months on a case. And the Committee on Infraction then spends an average of seven days to four months on it. I mean, it's unbelievable how long this stuff takes and is going to take, I, I wasn't lying when I said 2025, 2026, you'll have some kind of resolution to this thing because the investigation will be over. How long did the stinking investigation go for the cheeseburger uh, that you know, Harbaugh bought the kid during COVID or whatever? I mean, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So again,
0: it's not going to affect Anything this year. Unless Tony Petiti and the Big Ten decides it will. They're they're the ones that truly have the power I, I, I or wanted, potential ability I, to do I, something.
2: Again, I want to know what their power of punishment is because I still haven't read anything more than fines and and suspension. Well, but
0: but again, we've never had a situation like this unfold right. during the season. Like we are in completely uncharted territory for a commissioner that's doing this for the first time also. Like Kevin Warren don't live here anymore. Right, and right. so you're another new conference with another person who comes in with a little bit less familiarity with what you've had going on and has to preside over One of the biggest scandals currently going on in the sports that now apparently, again, with this FBI uh, investigation has multiple prongs to it.
2: I I agree with what you're saying there, but that to me, that doesn't matter. All that matters is what are the parameters of the power of the commissioner. Or even if it's new, I don't think he can just go off on a tangent on his own. There's going to be parameters, just like with Roger Goodell. You know, you wonder why there isn't more punishment or more punishment here or more punishment there because there are parameters to what you can do. What are the written parameters of the power of the commissioner? And that, that stuff, as I said, I still would like to know more of, but they're, they're there. I, I don't think he can just go rogue and, and do something on his own.
0: I also think there are situations that you can't always account for and extenuating circumstances that you couldn't have foreseen when you wrote rules for certain situations. And so, again, I think there's going to be more up in the air on that front. But if you're the Big Ten, I don't know. I get you might be getting pressure from the other members. That's the only thing I can right, think of. Right. It's like, like the Players Association, where you're there to argue on behalf of all players. And so when you've got things that happen amongst that group, it's difficult to go out there and represent both sides in a way that does them justice, where that's your responsibility. And for Tony Petiti, you are responsible for the overall health of the conference, which having a team win a national championship in your conference would be pretty darn good for the health, even if you're one of the two conferences that is ex- expected to exist and survive. But on the other hand, if you've got every other team in that conference looking up at you like, dog, are you going to stop this? That's got to be a tremendously uncomfortable place for the new commissioner to be here. Nothing uncomfortable about the 1989 Taylor's version review coming up oh, next. Oh, Brought to you by Wrangler. Jeans, shirts, and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for those cooler days and longer nights in styles that are going to keep you warm and keep you comfortable, moving, and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere. At work, out at night, playing a pickup game with your friends, or at home watching the game on TV. They're that comfortable and that durable. And there's a Wrangler shirt for every occasion. You got casual tees, snaps, and button-ups, or you can layer them together for a little bit of both. And don't forget about the iconic Wrangler jackets. No, no, no. When the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out, Wrangler will keep you ready for anything. Add some Wrangler to your getup with jeans, shirts, and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great, so you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use promo code GOJO15. Wrangler, for the ride. Of life. Welcome back to Gojo and Golick, Mike Golik, Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Emerson Lazia, as we finish off your week the way we do every day. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off on into the weekend. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating, and check us out here live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. And if you missed anything, like our great guest, shout out to Geno Stone, Baltimore Ravens, great safety You can check him out wherever you get your podcasts, downloading there, or right on YouTube. After the show is over, live, it goes up, and you can see and hear all of that lovely goodness. Guys, let's get to this, that, and the third. Let's start out a big day around here guys oh boy 1989 Taylor's version re-released for anyone unaware Taylor Swift's masters got bought by a man named Scooter Braun years ago and she wanted to take back the songs and create ownership once again for her she's re-released all the albums up until this certain point we've got one more on the re-records to go but 1989 guys was one of the first albums that I have like a concrete memory and affiliation with from back in the day. I wasn't a Taylor Swift fan until Red. 1989, I was living in a Holiday Inn Express on Staten Island playing minor league football for the Brooklyn Bolts of the FXFL (laughs) riding a school bus to go to practice at Coney Island where the Brooklyn Cyclones play their baseball games. While Taylor Swift was writing Welcome to New York about her time in the city, both of us technically living in New York, just in markedly different circumstances. (laughs) And this album probably her best overall dad like i would say this is the one most people think of as her favorite and i would say this this re-record baby rich and decadent i would liken it dad and you appreciate this this album's a chocolate cake double chocolate cake chocolate icing the shavings everywhere you dive in and you're overwhelmed the rich full-bodied sound of her grown adult voice continuing to attack this 2014 was a long time ago the set of pipes have really grown since then she's got weaponized vocal cords now and as you go through it's wave after wave of it you think oh i'm full i can't possibly eat anymore and then you get to the vault tracks. Every one of these re-records comes with new tracks previously unreleased that were on the cutting room for, for the first release of the album. And we got some bangers on this one. Top five vault tracks for 1989, Taylor's version. Dad, run, don't walk to listen to Now That We Don't Talk. A heater of a breakup track here for a woman well-known for them. This one carries a little bit of extra venom for it. Say Don't Go would be number two on the list. Is It Over, number three, also the final track of the album, if you don't count the Kendrick Lamar Bad Blood remix that got added this morning, Slut, which I don't know if I can even say on air, but it's the title of a Taylor Swift track now. Doesn't hit quite as hard as you would expect. I had a... I thought it was going to be more of a Paramore Haley Williams vibe than we ended up getting. And then Suburban Legends at number five. All I think Great Dad, another fine one. The only qualm and the only beef I have is we only got five vault tracks on this album. But there's going to be some people that beef with Jack Antonoff, the producer, different producer than the original round of 1989. People don't always love the sound. I didn't have as big a problem with it. I like some of the kitschy stuff that he does. And overall, I think her vocals and some of the things they did really shined on this one. What did you think, Dad? (laughs) all right are you done oh yeah i mean i can keep going if you want i listen
2: i glazed over about three minutes ago so i i so you know a lot about taylor swift let me ask you this oh do you know who she was named after
0: uh lawrence taylor from the new york giants james taylor
1: oh that was close junior Uh,
0: at least you picked a name that had taylor
2: in it mike so i'm proud of you there that that's really as far as I got. I I wasn't I basically wasn't listening to you because um, I I know you love her and I love know you love the albums and the songs. I don't know them nearly as much as you or your mother or your sister or you know your sister in law mm-hmm. or whoever all that that we all went to the concert there. I yeah. I enjoy her music. I don't deep dive it like you do. So that was all all news to me. I enjoy when she goes to Travis Kelsey games. someday you know maybe. Her and I will run into one another, and I can talk to her about your love for her music. I, I don't know. Junior, I feel is, like
0: the Ed Kelsey interaction was really instructive of what your conversation yes. with Taylor yes. would be like. Emerson, would you agree?
1: Yeah, and, and Junior, my question is, I'm not a Swifty, don't have any beef with Swifties. i uh, no. never really listened to Taylor Swift's music. Is this the album I need to pop on when I leave the studio here, and that will pull me in and make me a Swifty?
0: Yeah, this is a great starter kit. I'd say this one in red, if you're going to listen to two albums. But start with 1989. It's fresh right now. Right on. It's going to be charting all over the place. It's a great introductory piece. Yes, if you have not taken the plunge to Taylor Swift, let 1989 be your gateway drug. I think you're going to have a good time. Speaking of drugs and things mm-hmm. that help people live a good long <laughs> time, Emerson, let's get to that here. We got some great news from My Lifestyle
1: yesterday. Dude, famed fashion designer Vera Wang, 74 years young here just revealed that her youthful glow doesn't have anything to do with maintaining a clean diet saying her of youth is mcdonald's every day donuts which senior you were eating one during the commercial break earlier this morning and vodka so she says i do eat mcdonald's absolutely i order it every day like two weeks on it and then i'll change And then she revealed her Dunkin' Donuts order, what she likes there at Dunkin'. I like the cream-filled, sugar-coated donut. It's like a jelly donut, but it's cream inside, vanilla cream. I like the pink with sprinkles, too.
2: I I love the fact that she needed to explain that. Like, nobody knew what a (laughs) cream-filled donut is. I like the cream-filled, and you know what that's like? It's like a jelly-filled, except the (laughs) cream-filled. Instead of the jelly, it's the cream. I'm like... Vera, seriously, we're not idiots here, okay? We know what a cream filled yeah. donut is. God love you because I love cream filled donuts as yeah, well. The do. ones here, Mike, as you know, at, at Notre Dame at Martin's, the grocery store, is the oh, best man. Long John cream filled donuts oh. I've, I've ever had. But thank you, Vera Wang, for the explanation of mm. <laughs> what a cream filled yeah. donut it's is. It's like saying I, I like, like no.
1: I like a turkey burger. You know, it's not ground beef; it's turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually turkey. I yeah. mean. Outside of woman splaining donuts
0: to my father, which is uncomfortable, it <laughs> yeah, does have to make you feel good that your lifestyle of eating fast food and chugging donuts all day is going to have you living forever. <laughs> now, now, I haven't done it a lot
2: as of late, but, man, when I was a kid, when I, and the first sport I did was swimming, so we swam all the time and and ate a lot. You know, the Big Mac from Burger King oh, was, was my go-to sandwich. And then, Wait, the Big Mac from McDonald's I, I'm or sorry, the Whopper McDonald's.
0: from Burger King?
2: No, no, no. I'm sorry. The Big Mac from McDonald's yeah. was the go-to burger. <laughs> it, was, it was McDonald's all the time. McDonald's fries, Big Mac. Then I went to Wendy's. I went to the triple, the single, and the frosty, which was my go-to meal. So, yeah, I've, I've been, a, been a fast food guy. Not not as much now, but certainly the donut guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll oh. dig that a whole lot.
0: My dad's Every guilty day. pleasure is the fish filet at McDonald's. Oh man, at yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, that used to be that used to be a go-to of Catholics on Fridays when you couldn't eat yep. Meat. Yep, so that's exactly that's right. Big for my mom and company growing that's up what for that we did. reason.
2: Yeah, when you bought into the whole no no meat on Friday thing, that's when the big the big sell was at McDonald's. They were like, Yeah, bring it on, you
0: Catholics. <laughs> we gotcha right now. We gotcha. I for me the donut thing got in there early, obviously, because of lineage. Every day on the way home from high school football practice, I'd stop at the gas station and I would buy a pack of frosted donuts and get a Mountain Dew code red and just get my week's worth of sugar each and every day emerson
2: really quick again the great mike one day a donut hole got stuck in the wheel of his car (laughs) driving home from high school he got home he saw the donut hole in the wheel well of his car stuck there he pulled it out and ate
1: it (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's a freaking legendary move
0: yeah, built, built different, all-star, <laughs> after service. Uh, let's get to the third. Speaking yeah. of food, the topics of conversation this week, Emerson, have been Dude. steady on appropriate date spots, and Russell Wilson and Sierra with, like, a word.
1: Yeah, speaking of food, I mean, look at that platter of donuts with all of the candles in it. So Russell Wilson rented out a freaking Waffle House. Like, this story was built for you, Junior, for his wife's birthday here. And don't forget earlier this week. Remember gentlemen, we debated it first date location. Ladies out there said no waffle house was on the list as a big, no, no. I'm well, sorry. This is obviously not their first date, but this tells me everything I need to know waffle house should never have been on that list.
2: All, all, all I have to say is, Mike, your mother would have easily gone on a first date with me to the Waffle yes. House. The Waffle House is completely acceptable. And all the things that we said about Russell Wilson, the trying too hard and this and that, and Russ is cooking, I stand and applaud him for this. Yeah. Renting out a Waffle House for a birthday party, absolutely gold. Waffle House, love them. Will always eat at them. Anytime I am buy one, I want to go into one just like everybody in my family and love Look it. Look at the white tablecloths. couples
0: out there if you want to find like take them to a fancy restaurant if you want to find love head on over to the sweet embrace of the waffle house we love and appreciate all of you and if you feel the same way please download subscribe rate and review this podcast leave us some five star ratings check us out monday through friday 8 to 10 a.m eastern draftkingsnetwork.com draftkings youtube channel samsung tv plus have a great weekend we'll talk to you all on monday